Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I'm your host Andrew Pearson, taking you through all the action from Marble League 2020. And we are two events down with both Balance and Halfpipe making its return to Marble League uh, to take you through tonight alongside me to help with all the uh, punditry action is our regular co-host Darren Dazagunderson. Alrighty there Andrew, it's going to be a packed show tonight. And because nobody could actually make it to the scheduled shuttle on time and we are waiting for them all to turn up, I'm afraid we've had to get back uh, our guests from the first week. Please welcome, hopefully with a good dose of meds, it's Buzz Marblin. Well, thank you very much for that kind introduction, Stephen. Uh, Andrew, that's what I said. Oh, Lord. Well, let's get into things and hopefully it'll pick up from here. So, first event of Marble League 2020 was the Balance event, where teams of four marbles had to travel down the Balance Beam for as long as they possibly could. It is a total combined score between all four marbles, and, well, what an event it was. You can't go wrong with a classic Balance event to start off a Marble League season, can you, Andrew? Well, indeed not, Darren. What did you make of all the action from this first event? Well, they're probably not going to thank me for it, but uh, let's start with poor old Team Galactic. Uh, the return of the host's curse. I'm not sure if it was just pent-up nervous energy that caused the, uh, well, kerfuffle, shall we say, uh, coming out of the blocks, but they dropped off so, so early. Um, you know, they, they might have thought that, uh, that they'd, they'd come somewhere in the top five, maybe top ten at worst, but to be second from bottom at the end of the standings is just a terrible, terrible result in front of, and after the beautiful opening ceremony, and, you know, congrats to them on that, uh, but, you know, after after all of that pomp and ceremony in front of their king, to fail so miserably, it's uh, going to take some fighting back from that, I think. You know, I met a king once. I hesitate to ask, but go on, Buzz, which king did you meet? I don't really know. The uh, The memories are a little bit fuzzy, but he had a big beard, and he had a big uh, furry robe on, and a big golden crown. I think, um, I think he was named King Boiger. No, Buzz, you're thinking of Burger King. Oh, that's great. I'll have a Big Mac, uh, fries and a milkshake. And a Big Mac is from McDonald's. So anyway, um, back to the event in hand, perhaps. Um, so yes, Team Galactic not starting off the season particularly well. Um, also, another team not starting off particularly well. The Savage Speeders. Uh, a big hangover from celebrating qualification, do we think? Definitely a case of uh, counting your eggs before the kookaburras hatch. I did note that the Savage Speeders did take it a little personally when they were singled out uh, in part of the qualifying for their first qualifying series. Uh, sweating a little was the uh, the meme going around, but uh, I have to say, you know, they, they breezed through qualifying, and I don't think any of us saw coming up that uh, they'd struggle so much in what is a traditional event, realistically, for, uh, for these teams. That reminds me very much of one of my uh, classmates from the Aston Wright Academy, Jim Blarney. What a guy. So brilliant. What a brilliant mind. He passed every single uh, test the Academy threw at him on paper. A++ in every single one. The first ride he took on the infamous Vomit Comet had lost his lunch absolutely everywhere. And every single time after that, and the poor guy never made it out of the Academy. Just was not physically competent. And I think that's what you're seeing here with these savage speeders. They've got all the mental aptitude there, ready to do it, but they can't not always turn that from, uh, you know, a, an advantage in their heads into an advantage on the track. Uh, wow, that's quite an insightful look there, Buzz. So we're thinking here that this is more of a mental block than a, you know, sort of physical failing? 
Well, this is where a good coach comes into things. If they can uh, get on the right program, eat the right vegetables, say all their prayers and eat their vitamins, I'm sure they'll come out on top. Okay, well, I hope we won't get copyrighted for that one. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, the winners of our first event, I think we should, um, you know, give a big, massive round of applause to the Minty Maniacs, uh, the first uh, Hubelino team to ever win a gold in the Marble League. What an amazing, amazing set of runs they had. Uh, and realistically, um, even more the impressive because actually they didn't get two full finishes. Um, very much uh, first and second in this event. Both bounced, had one marble bounce off of the catching area. So they missed out on, uh, you know, a good... 10 extra points that uh, the teams uh, below them were able to uh, to get up on and still managed to win. Well, I don't like to uh, toot my own horn here, but, you know, I caught it. I did say that the Mini Maniacs looked like they were coming into this uh, into this race strong and looking to represent for all the Hubelino teams of the past, and uh, they proved me right. What a, you know, it's a real grandstand finish, uh, I, I think. Um, you know, they they came out there and uh, uh, and did what they wanted to do, which was start strong and, and finish all the way through. I think you see there that that's a team effort. It's team spirit. It's team cohesion at the end of the day. To be able to travel along uh, the balance beam like that in such a tight formation and, and maintain it for as long as they did and get the score that they did is really a sign of things to come for them, I think. Uh, it's a real sort of turning of the corner uh, in terms of you know what they feel that they can actually achieve. Well, I believe we can uh, pass over to roving reporter Ian, who is at the Minty Maniacs dressing room and uh, trying to get an interview with their coach after that spectacular win. Uh, yes, here I am inside the uh, dressing room of the Minty Maniacs, uh, heading over to the coach. And uh, hello there. Uh, please, could you tell me, uh, what did you make of your performance in the first event of the Marble League? Oh, all right there, bud. Uh, yeah, I thought he was um, mint. And uh, uh, could you, uh, you know, maybe expand on your feelings at the moment? How are you feeling um, after that uh, impressive victory? Uh, well, uh, mint? Um, yes, okay. Uh, and, uh, oh, what's that you're eating? Is that chocolate ice cream? Uh, no, it's a uh, mint chocolate chip. Oh, right. Um, and I suppose that's uh, mint chewing gum you're chewing as well, right? Nah, don't be daft. It's juicy fruit. Whoa, 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 okay, no, let's just stop it there, I can see where this interview is going. Um, anyway, back to the event, let's uh, let's go into what is uh, quickly turning out to be the hottest rivalry in the Marble League since, well, forever really, um, Bumblebees and the Hornets, and it is the Bumblebees who took first blood in the first event, uh, beating out the, uh, the Hornets. Um, what do we make of the uh, ongoing situation here? Well, as we heard in the last episode, this was uh, already bubbling up under the surface as uh, being quite a heated rivalry. Uh, but it's certainly gone through the reef now with, uh, well, I've been hearing that uh, Twitter has been awash with the uh, Hornets making pointed barbs, uh, if you'll excuse the pun, uh, at the Bumblebees uh, and uh, questioning their right to even be in the tournament. It's, uh, it's definitely gotten nasty. I had a pet Bumblebee once. A pet Bumblebee? What a ridiculous idea. I had a pet dog. Why would you... What? I... I, I don't... I don't even know. Uh, that's alright, Dezza. I don't think he does either.
Um, anyway, uh, let's move on from uh, the balancing event over into the halfpipe event. Uh, not a new event per se, but one we haven't necessarily seen uh, every uh, every Marble League. So it was a, an interesting return for an event that was uh, new to some and uh, not new to others. Um, two rounds or two heats, I guess you should say, with uh, combined scores this time. The l uh, longest amount of time that you could stay in the uh, halfpipe itself with four marbles uh, making the combined time was the uh, aim of the game. And, well, it was a very interesting uh, result in the end when you uh, look at the final scores. Two broken records uh, in the event itself for uh, length of time uh, in there with a, a surprising, well, maybe surprising is a bit unfair, uh, but a massive victory for the O-Rangers uh, in the second event. It had looked like it was going to either be the Crazy Cat's Eyes or Minty Maniac's day again. Uh, but actually, when it came down to it, two exceedingly good runs from the O-Rangers smashed the uh, uh, the the event, uh, being you know two seconds, I believe, ahead of their nearest rivals. Oh, oh you're an O-Rangers fan, Buzz. Buzz? Are you, Buzz, are you okay? Nurse! Nurse! Oh, no. It's okay. I just need a new pair of pants. Well, while Buzz goes and gets hosed off, uh, Darren, what did you make of that uh, three-way epic battle uh, for the uh, O'Rangers, Cat's Eyes and Minty Maniacs? Well, the thing about something like Halfpipe is that, um, realistically, it's a consistency thing. You're not looking for one marble that can outperform all the others, uh, like in something that, you know, even in the balance beam, you can have, you know, one marble that doesn't perform, and the three others can make up for it. So here, you're looking for consistency across the team, and I think in the first run, that's what you saw from the O-Rangers. Um, they weren't necessarily the top times, um, you know, for each marble, uh, com in comparison to all the other marbles that had taken part, uh, except maybe the first marble, um, but that overall consistent scoring allowed them to eke out a lead over the Crazy Cat's Eyes and Minty Maniacs, who weren't far behind at that point. And then when we start looking at the results from the second round, you can see again, it's the consistency of the, of the Arranger scores that actually lifts them above and separated them from the Crazy Cat's Eyes and the Minty Maniacs, who, you know, had a very poor second round in comparison. And did any other performances stand out for you? Well, I think for all the wrong reasons, it was the Savage Speeders. Uh, all under nine seconds for their runs. I don't know if they just didn't get the memo about how this uh, how this event is supposed to work, but you're definitely not supposed to rush your way down to the bottom in uh, in times you know you know nearly two or three seconds behind the uh, leaders. I've been seeing a lot of uh, interesting comments across the internet about uh, this being a little bit of karma for some of their shall we say questionable tactics in the Marbula One season. Well, ironically, I actually think Buzz has it right. Uh, I don't think this is karma so much as just, you know, it's a poor mental attitude going from the qualifiers, assuming that they do better. Uh, they're going into these events thinking that things are going to be a pushover, but actually it's turning out to be completely the opposite. And once again, looking back at the uh, rivalry of the uh, decade, Hornets and Bumble was separated by a tenth after the first round. Yeah, I see this is going to be a reoccurring theme, is that those teams are going to be pushing themselves on, or pushing each other on, I should say, uh, as the events go through. They're already trying to, you know, uh, goad each other uh, off pitch. When as soon as we get any of the uh, uh, events where they're going to be head-to-head, -head, I can see that being a real ding-dong battle. It is at times like these that when you're standing face-to-face -face with your rival, eye-to-eye, -eye, on the field of battle, there is one thing that you must not forget. Yes, and that would be? Would be what, Kent? You were saying that 
there was one thing that we shouldn't forget. Are you sure? That doesn't really sound like something I'd say. <sighs> so on to round two. And, well, I think the standout achievement, uh, I think this one is Team Galactic uh, smashing it to uh, win the second round and uh, somewhat banish the host curse that they would uh, been sort of mired in from the first event. Mental fortitude, that is. That's looking at the problem in front of you and working out a way around it. They didn't perform particularly well in the first round, not the worst, certainly, uh, but still they had room for improvement, and improved they did. Uh, I think that shows the kind of calibre of team that Team Galactic is. I mean, after all, they're one of the longest established teams, so of course there's going to be a lot of experience, uh, a lot of people with knowledge within the team about how they can turn around their fortunes in quick order. Well, and speaking of established teams, not a good vent for the Hazers this time around. Well, indeed. I think it was a definite trend if you look between the first and the second event. that Everybody was generally slower, uh, even the teams that improved their times. If you look at the consistency between the different times, you know, the, the, the first mobile out, his lowest time compared to what the times were in the first round everybody was generally slower and it was the teams i think that suffered more with this slowdown that had the worst event and i think the hazers were probably one of the uh, the, the greatest sufferers from this uh, in terms of loss of consistency between the first and the second round oh i'm sorry to interrupt you uh, there darren but uh, i'm just getting word through that uh, roving reporter roger has uh, made his way to um, a fan press briefing uh, between the Savage Speeders and a group of their um, ardent fans. Um, so, quickly, over to you, roving reporter Roger. Ah, oh, yes, hello there, Andrew. Uh, I'm at the press conference. It's a fan-organised one, uh, I believe, uh, for the Savage Speeders so that they can apologise to uh, their fans for their terrible performances so far in the Marble League. Uh, let me just uh, pop my microphone up to the front and we'll see what they've got to say for themselves. I still love you. What? Even that's too depressing even for me. Back to you, Andrew. Gosh, I didn't think anything could make me feel sorry for the savage speeders, but actually, I think I'm welling up a little bit here. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's get back to uh, what we were talking about, which is the uh, the current results, really, in the... Oh, sorry, no, of course. What we should uh, talk about, actually, is um, the Hornets outscoring the Bumblebees by three points in the events, but only five-tenths between them. Gosh, it's such a fine margin between, you know, scoring a lot of points and scoring only a few points. Well, when you've got a competition of this nature containing all of the best competitors, the fine differences between the teams is always what's going to shine through. You know, the Hornets got it this time, the Bumblebees in the uh, round previous, the Minty Maniacs smashed it in the first one, in the first event. This one, a little bit less consistent. The Rangers, not so great in the first one. It's all about these little tiny margins between the teams. Some events are going to suit, some of them aren't. And it's the teams that can capitalise on the events that they can do very well in and make the most of uh, scoring points and opportunities when they're not doing so well they're going to come out on top in the end well and the overall standings seem to bear that out don't they darren really it's the minty maniacs well ahead uh 41 points but suddenly the air rangers and the cat size who've both had two decent first events uh, you know obviously air rangers winning the last one um are suddenly catching up quite close behind 
I think the interesting thing early on is to watch the uh, gap starting to form up and down the uh, the league standings. So the top five of the uh, Minty Maniacs are Rangers, Crazy Cat's Eyes, Raspberry Racers and the Midnight Wisps have poured out a small gap across what we might consider to be the midfield teams currently. Um, but it's uh, not over by a long shot. There's plenty of events left to go, plenty of points to score. So it may look like the Minty Maniacs are running away with it and, you know, I'm not saying that they're not going to, uh, but there's uh, plenty of time for other teams to uh, make decent scoring, uh, especially in some of the other events which may not suit the Minty Maniacs quite so much. Yes, and what does that mean for the uh, sort of bottom four teams who uh, seem to be running a little bit adrift of the midfield in their own sort of way? Well, I think we've kind of covered the Savage Speeders enough, and after that press conference, I don't really want to put the boot in anymore. But uh, I think the Thunderbolts, Mellow Yellow, and the Oceanics have really got to start looking at their performances. Uh, it may be that there's lots of points still left to score, but it's actually the motivation, it's, it's, the, it's the drive, it's the morale that keeps you going and keeps you scoring points throughout the whole entire season. This competition is not over by a long shot, but it could be if you fall far enough behind that you don't think that you can catch up, even if if you could. And I may regret asking this, but Buzz, do you have any uh, thoughts about the standings as they are at the moment? Well, with the Atlanta Patriots beating the uh, Mississippi Galaxy by 36 baskets to 22 goals, I can't really see this competition going any other way than the Chicago Blue Sox. And uh, any other sage words? Buy war bonds. Your country needs you. And on that particularly sage piece of advice, uh, why don't we move on to the end of the show? So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, just to keep you in mind that we're not sure of what the schedule of release is at the moment, so we're not quite sure if we will stick to two events per episode or whether we'll do one event per episode. It depends on how long they last and how much we can fit in into one episode, realistically. Uh, but next week is the... Oh, the next event, I should say, is Newton's Cradle, so we'll see how that goes, see how the uh, marbles all take along this brand-new event. Uh, but again, thank you very much for listening. Thanks on behalf of Dazza. Do I get to plug my new TV series now? Uh, no. Uh, and thanks on behalf of Buzz Marblin for some reason. Well, and thank you very much for that, Buzz. Make sure you're all signed, signed up and subscribed via iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify, and we'll see you at the next event. Bye-bye.